0: Hi, my name is Lorian, and I'll be reading our scripture reading for today. Um, Psalm 46, 4 through 11. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. This is the word of the Lord.
1: All right. All right, with uh, the summer is uh, a lot of us uh, find some sort of body of water. It's just summer, right? And so... Uh, we'll find a pool, and there are activities that you do in a pool. You, you roughhouse with the kids. I remember when they were little, I would just throw them. And moms would be horrified at the edge of the pool because I would just 15 feet, you know, doesn't matter. Um, and then there's things that you do when you go to the waves. You're, you're pretty active. You've got to fight waves. It's, it's hard just to chill in the waves if you're right in the waves. Uh, that's what you do with those bodies of water, but uh, there's another body of water that when we go to it, it it's, it's a little different. So uh, we have gone to Big Bear and um, we've stayed at uh, Albert and Della's place and they've got a jacuzzi in the back and they have tall pines. And what you do is with this body of water is, um, <laughs> you could throw kids, uh, but, but generally you do not throw kids in the jacuzzi. Uh, But what you do is, especially at night, is you sit and you soak and you get all raisiny. But there's not much to do in a jacuzzi except to soak and look up. Like there's just not a lot of water activities for a jacuzzi except just sitting and soaking. And so when, if we were to look at God's word like it's a body of water, there are appropriate times where you play in the waves and you're really busy and you're, it's poolside and there's so much good things you can do to learn from it and tear it apart and, and, and do a lot of it. But, but there's something about soaking in God's word over a small section that that gives you something that you can't get at the pool and you can't get in the waves. You can only get it if you soak. And so Psalm 46 has been like that for me this summer. I have certainly read other portions of scripture this summer, but what I haven't done and what I have done with Psalm 46 is I've been going through it with Carl Rogers. Sorry, Carl, to out you like that, man really sorry. I'll, I'll ask you before next time. Should I keep on making a big deal about it? No, I shouldn't. All right. Um, uh, but what I have done is it's been in here, and I've been staring at it every single day this summer, and there's something that has come from soaking in this jacuzzi of Psalm 46 that can't be done any other way. And so this is what I want to do is, I know we had the first part of Psalm 46, and we're going to have a second part of Psalm 46, that's why we didn't read the first three verses, Uh, but this is what I'm going to do is, I'm going to give you, I'm not going to give you an exhaustive breakdown of everything, but what I am going to give you is two thoughts from Psalm 46 that have come from soaking in the jacuzzi. And so those two thoughts are this, Uh, I want to talk about on being still, that's the first thought I want to talk about. And there's a second thought I want to talk about, and it is the strangeness about how we have a God who is a God of Jacob's. So I'm going to talk about being, on being still, and I'm going to talk about this strangeness, how God is the God of Jacob's. And then I want to just point us and lead us to a few things about Jesus from those two thoughts. So... so on being still, in verse 10, you heard it near the end there. And this might be familiar to some of you, even if, even if you didn't know which psalm it came from, it comes from, be still and know that I'm God. And then the, the two things that are absolutely connected to it, I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth. So be still and know that I'm God. If I told you, how about this? If I told you to rest, no, no, if I, all right, let's say I I make an empty room. And in that empty room, I put a very plush, comfortable chair, and I put a couch that is completely layable, like it has a duvet, comfortable duvet, and it's fluffy, and the pillow just is your comfort level of pillow. And uh, there are a few books, your favorite, and there's a chai or you know a, a, a chai tea service. I don't know whatever your your thing is, and it's there. But there's no phone, and there's no Wi-Fi. And I told you, I said, I said, go into this room, and I want you just totally be still and rest and turn. Just be still, okay? And be still to the best of your ability. Uh, I would probably say it nicer than that, but. Um, It would be incredibly difficult for us. And I'm I'm putting this on me too. Needless to say is we would actually have, especially if I did this to you on a Monday, your mind would absolutely get, it would get busier and busier and busier and you would become more and more anxious about all the stuff that you're not doing outside of that room. But I've clearly told you, just stop and be still. So there is something about this, and I want you to recognize something, is there is something about this text that cannot, cannot, cannot mean external cessation. It cannot mean go and be still the right way, and you do it right, and come on. It can't be that, because you and I both know is our minds and hearts and hands are busy, 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 busy. So this is what I want you to do. This, this is the amazing thing. This is juxtaposed to in Psalm 46 is the psalmist actually highlights something incredibly strange next to this be still thing. Is he talks about these pictures of the... So, so zoom out from the globe, look at the globe, and you, let's say you could see all the heat map and the hot spots like a live graphic, Right? on your favorite website. A live graphic of the globe, and you see all of these nations raging, and you see the kingdoms tottering, and you see some, some leaders rising, and you see some leaders deposed, and losing elections, winning elections, and you can just see it happen on this map. And then, and then you can see this, as you can see wars happening, and where are the wars on this map? And then where are the wars just shutting down and stopping? And so what, what the Psalm describes is this incredible arc of years because that doesn't happen in a day, a week, or a month. It just doesn't, okay? Uh, The psalmist is saying this. Everything that matters and persists in absolute beauty and fixing and creation and renewal and vitality, everything that exists is going to come from the hand of God and it will not, will not, will not come from the hand of man. I want you to think of this. Like, look back at history. Some of you guys love history. Look back at history, all right? What do we have that has persisted from the hands of humanity? Like I'm going to submit to you, we've got some, um, um, we've got some pyramids, we've got some obelisks, we've got some ruins, really very cool ruins, and we have some inscriptions. But but let me just show you something. Is like we have these dynasties that have gone forever. We have had um, those things have no little to no bearing on you and your life. They're not coercive, they're not influential in your life. They they don't hover over your life and say, look at this obelisk and now go flourish in the workplace. Like, none of it can do any of that. Uh, What do you have? You have expansions of empires. And what what do we have now? I've got a board meeting on Tuesday. Uh, there's a song by Dan Burns. It's called God Said No. Um, he, he's, he's, not a, um, he's not a Christian, but it's a fascinating little story. And he talks about meeting God on the edge of town. And he says, God, 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 take me back. And this is sort of my generation, so forgive it. But he goes, take me back so I can be around Kurt Cobain and I can help him and I can take away the gun. And it goes on, He says, and God said no. You would consume yourself with deals and lawyers and getting ahead, you wouldn't do that, no, no, no. And he goes, take me back, take me back to Berlin where I, I, would, I, would get a, I would get a gun and I would shoot Hitler in the head and I would stop, like, and he said, no, you would get caught up in theories and discussions. You would be a cow. And God said, no, I won't do that. And then he says this. He comes to the end of it, and he says, it's this kind of incredible philosophical idea that he lands on, and he says this, is God says no because time is the perfect weapon. He says, and then, and, and then the man realizes, and again, he's not a Christian. He goes, the present is all I have and I really can't do all that much. It, it, it's a good picture of what Psalm 46 is saying is like, look, the arc of, arc of ages and yeah, everything you're doing, 200 years, will someone know about it? Maybe, probably not. Uh, um, this is what the psalmist, he's not asking you to stop your work. So let's brush that apart, away. He is saying, you need to stop the work that's done in your name and your power and your plans. Like, stop the work that you think will last because... You thought out all the angles, and it's such a sweet idea. He's saying, stop that. Because everything done that isn't done in his name won't last. That's what he's saying. Um, it's this be still. It sounds like a command. Go in a room and be quiet and stop all your work. It sounds like that. But what, it's, what we see is like, will you come to a place where you absolutely despair of your strategies to fix and build and create the world. Stop it. There will be some day, and I I pray this for you all, there will be some day and some hour that you will know and it will hit you and you will think I cannot do the things to bring my Eden about. and you finally know there is really nothing to do that I can do in my name, in my power, in my will, in exertion that will really last. Now, I know something about our community, and you know something about our community as well. I actually think we do a decent job of giving ourselves moral black eyes. I I, I think we're actually pretty okay there. We are good at self-flagellation. We are good at criticizing ourselves before someone else criticizes us. We're, we're kind of decent at that. That's a, that's a, I don't know if that's a skill, but we're, we're good. And we are good at pointing out missteps and errors and mistakes and flat out naughty things that we've done and saying, oh, I hate that. Forgive, forgive, forgive. We're pretty decent there. I don't know if you think you're decent. I think you're decent. But, have you ever, have you ever been brought to a place, and I'm thinking about myself here, that's why you're like, what is his problem, where your best ideas and your best practices fell flat, and they did not affect what you wanted them to affect, in fact, they brought the hounds of criticism at your door <laughs> look i've been on a lot of teams right i've been on a lot of teams collaboration and this is it is it is somewhat easy to address a problem with a teammate coworker partner that has made a mistake But you, that's an easy conversation to have compared to the conversations that you have when they've done their best and they have put out all the effort. And you know what? Handling that is like nitroglycerin in an old cowboy movie, right? In the back wagon with the nitroglycerin's shaking, you're like, no, don't do it. Why is that? because it is absolutely despair to you if you said my best, my best brought death. Because you have no hope, unless you have hope outside yourself. Unless you have hope in a name that is gonna be exalted in the nations, exalted in the earth. Unless you have that name, it's absolute death if someone criticizes your projects that you tried so hard for. So, this is the sweetness about be still. Would you come to the end of your awesome being the thing that will create life for you, your family, and others in the future? Will you please come to the end of your awesome? That's be still. Stop your moral striving, and his name is going to be exalted in the nations, and his name is going to be exalted in the earth. Okay, that's on being still. I'm going to give a very rough non-transition to the next point. Oh, he's going to his next point. Okay, next point. No transition whatsoever. Let's talk about the oddness and the strangeness that God is a God of Jacob's, and it's going to make sense with the be still part. When we look at Psalm 46, scripture is, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's a megaphone or a shofar ram's horn, but it's blasting a point when you see God of Jacob. And I want to tell you is that we treat this too antiseptically and we treat scripture too reverentially beyond the bounds of what it was intended, right? And this is what I mean by that. It's as if any name we see in the the Bible, we just treat with white gloves. Just like, oh, Jacob, hey, uh, he's he's a father. He's a father. We're going to handle, sorry, communion table. Right? We we, we treat it too carefully. Except maybe Pharisee, we all kind of know, like, oh, Pharisee equals bad. All right. Everything else, we're just like, "Let's, let's be careful when we talk about People in the Bible, Tim, they're in there for a reason, pal. Listen, we know that Jake, why didn't you say Jacob? We know that Jake got a new name after he wrestled with God and he asked him for a blessing, and what did he call him? Come on, it's okay, Israel, right? So whenever you see in the Old Testament, God of Israel, God of Israel, Scripture is making a very, very strong point, and that point is this, is that God renews and makes things amazing and new. Great point, Scripture. Great point, God. I'm buying it. Now, when you see God of Jacob, and we see this in another Psalm, Psalm 146, so it's easy to remember, 46 and 146. There is a massive point being just screamed at us, and listen to this in Psalm forty-six. Do you see that part in verse eleven? I don't know if you have it before you, Um, but in verse eleven he says, "Lord of hosts," and then right after that he says, "God of Jacob." So, Lord of hosts. This is what I want you to think: is it's it's heavenly martial like creatures. Let's call them angels. Okay. This is what it is, is when people see just one angel, what happens in the KJV? And they were sore afraid. One angel, one angel. And the Lord of hosts is like, I'm going to reveal to you my heavenly angel armies. And you're going to be like, no. And you're going to hit the deck. And you're like, please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. Please, please don't kill me. This is how people respond to angels. And I've said this before. It is not a precious moments figurine, okay? It's just not. It's beautiful, and I know your grandmother loves them, but it's not an angel, okay? Lord of hosts is (sighs) angels coming to whoop. So right after Lord of hosts, all of this power, you see God of Jacob, and this is what it means, is I am God of tricksters, and liars, and dece- I am a God, I am so powerful, and guess what, I, you know what Jacob means, it means supplanter, so it means this, is Jacob is this, his entire name is, I'm going to get mine, and I'm going sh- to make sure I get mine in my way, in my time, through my plans, through my busyness, through my hands, through my heart, through, through my shrewdness, through my conniving, I am an oily rat. This is So when you look at, when you see God of Jacob's in Scripture, I want you to be like, what? He is a God of those who do not deserve his kindness. God of Jacob, that's what, it's just screaming at us. You don't deserve it. All right, so... This is, this is it, the absolute trend of anyone who is not making Jesus everything in their life. And I mean this for people who think they're maybe maturing and growing and staying in the church. You will do one of two things generally. Is you will become a younger brother or an older brother in like the prodigal son. So you're going to be like, hey, I've shed and I've deconstructed church and all its rules and everything. And guess what? I'm going to live in liberty and do whatever the hell I want. That's a younger brother mentality, and you're like, I'm just living in grace. I'm living in grace. Stop, judgers. Stop, you condemners. Or you're going to do this, and this is probably more our community, is that you are going to follow the syllabus. You are going to follow the guidelines. You are going to try your hardest, and you will become an older brother who is mad. Mad. And you're bitter at all these other people getting all the good stuff, getting off scot-free. Why? Because you have done the program. Um, And and this is, I I say I want to be gentle, but I am going to be direct with you because you deserve the directness of God's word. Our conscientiousness and carefulness can lead to thinking that we are just the kind of people that should get a fast pass, a VIP line to the grace of God. A silly illustration, um, my family flies southwest because there's six people, Right? We ain't flying Delta. (laughs) And you know Southwest, you can't reserve a seat. You can't. Everybody gets on the same plane. Everybody has the same class. Guess what? And yet, they have A-boarding and B-boarding and C-boarding. Let me tell you something silly. I pay 20 bucks to get A-boarding and you know what I do? I love waving at my family and say, hey, I'll see you inside. What kind of father is he? (laughs) Think of how little and silly that is. Just think how dumb that is. How much more when you're saying, look, Look, I have tried my hardest. Give me a boarding class. I deserve the grace of God. God of Jacob's means this. No, it it just means this. It means that you are a blood brother and a blood sister to Jacob. Have you forgotten that? Have you forgotten that? Why do we forget this? Um, I, I had a, a couple weeks ago. I had an opportunity to be with a guy over a stretch of two days. You know, you, that's a rare opportunity, right? You're, I'm around you, and then I'm around you again after we wake up and we talk and we talk at length of all the things about God and life. And this guy had been out of had not been in. In fact, he left the church right after college, and he hasn't been in church 20 plus years. And then the bottom fell out of his life. And he goes back to church, and he's talking to me. And he goes, Tim, I I didn't understand what the church was about. He said, "The, the church is, there's not another place like it. It's unbelievable. It's gorgeous. He said, I come to church and I come to a group of small dudes. And he said, I bring nothing because bot, the bottom of his life has fallen out. And he goes, I weep and they show me the grace of God. <laughs> I've got nothing, nothing to give, nothing to say, except I am broken and I need, and he goes, it's unbelievable. And he goes, how do you feel about the church? Whoa. I'm a little more sour than you are. Ouch! Why? Because I have forgotten that, ah, he's a God of Jacob's and I've forgotten that I'm a blood butter of Jacob. That's incredible. If you wanna diagnose your heart, is do you think that maybe I'm the type of person that totally deserves God's grace? And if your heart needs to run hot, again, only for him and for his church, maybe, 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 you have to say, oh, he's a God of Jacob's, and he will be exalted in the nations. He will be exalted in the earth. Okay, whoa. I only had two pages, and I went crazy. All right, let me just lead us to Jesus here. Because you're like, whoa, I can't even be still. And now I've got to figure out how, how he's my God of uh, Jacob. Listen, listen, listen. Let me, one point, I'm not going to even do all the points. If you want more points, I got them afterwards, free. Let me, let me give you this. When it says in Corinthians, Paul says, he says, him who knew no sin became sin. Do you know what that means? It means that Jesus Christ became more of a Jacob Than Jacob ever was. (laughs) That means this guess what? You can't outcross the cross. You can't become a bigger and cooler Jacob. It's impossible. He's a better Jacob at being a rat, a conniving, not because he's conniving and deceitful and a supplanter, but because it was placed on him and he was considered to be so. That's huge. All right. So, attached to that, what's the hymn, Oh, the Father's love for us, and there's this line in there, it says, it was my sin that put him there, talking about the cross. That is true, and I actually don't want to minimize that. That is completely true, but, so, leave this here, but I want you to consider another category, and I want you to consider it was your best that also put him there. Okay, and it will give you such a more of a dependency on Jesus in all things in your life. And you're going to wake up in the morning and say, whoa, I'm going to jack things up today if I don't do this in your name, because I'm not going to do it for my name or my exaltation. I'm going to do it for your exaltation in the nations and the earth. There's a lot more. We got to shut it down. Let's pray. Jesus, 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 you are all of the performance, good and bad. Um, You are all of it. Bring this, this beautiful rekindling in me and our community so that we know that you are our God because you are God of Jacob. Give it to us, we pray. Amen.